You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience which takes place every single Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collective's Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and startup clubs house in clubhouse it's free it always will be free there are no strings attached there is no bait and switch lurk or listen only chat with one another in our back chat or even come onto stage the coffee shop is open for business whether you're on the treadmill getting the kids ready for school getting yourself ready for work commuting into the big bad city or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office on monday we manifest on tuesday we talk thought leadership on wellness wednesday we discuss mental health wellness and life skills on thursday we do live book reads and discussions with the author and then on friday it's no agenda friday where there is no agenda Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash Collective Cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand or of course join us every day live it is addictive and remember it is a safe welcoming space and you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe good morning everybody it is monday 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 september 18th 8 one uh, Teresa Rue is in Discord. Praxim is in Discord. If you are in Clubhouse right now, you are going to want to... Uh, first of all, it would help if there was a link for you. I've got a link for you. The link is discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. I guess it's like a bit of an insurance policy. Just in case, just in case, you know, Clubhouse uh, does not... Uh, you know, leans completely against live rooms. And in case this all goes away, um, you're going to want to, like Chris, I see Chris is there, Shadows Pub is one of our regulars in Discord. You can choose to listen in Discord. Christopher John Martins is one of our regulars. You see, followed by the speakers. I'll try and follow all of you over time. Um, but what you're going to want to do is just come in and register and just join us in the Discord. Why I like this as an option for you is that it just gives you the ability that, well, gives me the ability to message you, to communicate to you, to let you know if, for example, we're moving or if something's going on or if there's something maybe to take, um, to, to pay attention to. Like, for example, when my new book comes out, 
Um, if I'm giving away copies, the best way for me to communicate is through Discord, uh, through discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. So that's all I want to tell you. And I'm going to play you the AI generated still work in progress uh, theme song for the Collective Cafe. Collective Cafe, where no one will be left behind, uh, where you are safe, always safe. We even had a troll player uh, come and join us on Friday. And I got to tell you, like 50% of the things he said actually made sense. He should have just stuck with it. Um, and and I blocked him and kicked him out, but I unblocked him now because, you know, it's just like, okay, dude, you need a timeout. You need to just calm down. It's okay. It's okay if you want to go troll, troll somewhere else, but not in this place. In fact, in this place, we'll even give you a platform. Uh, Not explicitly for trolls, but the idea that, you know, if someone raises their hand and wants to come up, and I see that already two people are raising their hands, but not right away, not right away. Uh, You can't raise your hand at the beginning when you don't even know why you're raising your hand. I think it's just kind of almost people uh, that are just coming in and still not understanding how the whole thing works. So this is how we work, how we work, we work. No, not we work, definitely not. I'm not, uh, uh, what's his name, Adam Newman. Um, how we work is I typically talk for about 45 minutes and then um, and then I welcome people on stage if they choose to be on stage. But I'm loving the fact that there are now six people that are followed by me. Uh, how to get followed by me, very simple. Just when you come up to stage, at some point I will absolutely follow you. Um, it's just a good way to separate and so I can see who is who, who is who. I wonder how many live rooms there are even in Clubhouse at the moment. Who knows? Anyway, um, this is what I want to talk to you about today. It's motivation. It's uh, Manifestation Monday. Um, one of the things that I've been doing, uh, as you may know, is um, I've become a business coach and a leadership coach with a system called EOS, which is the Entrepreneurial Operating System. Now, EOS has this very interesting approach. There are a lot of things that EOS does that to me are like same old, same old, like nothing new, like process, right? Um, Process, they haven't really applied, there's no like major pixie dust associated with their approach to process, except for a more entrepreneurial approach, a 20-80% approach, which is you know, what are the 20% of steps that will get you 80% of the way there? Um, so a less is more approach. Um, an approach that basically, um, you know, says that nobody is going to read an 800-page SOP, right, manual anymore. But there are a few things that that um, EOS does that kind of blows me away. And one of them is they have uh, two roles, or as they call them, seats, One of them is called the integrator seat and the other one is called the visionary seat. Now, I'm just going to talk about the visionary today. I'm going to talk about words. I'm going to talk about phrases like thought leader. I talk about in my book now that I am a thought leader. I like the name. It is a little maligned at the best of times. People 
you know, kind of have a bit of, people can have a negative reaction towards thought leader. Who, who died and made you a thought leader? Well, a thought leader means a leader in thought. That means I think a lot. And some of it is actually pretty good. And I do it consistently. And people seem to think that there is high quality associated with my thought. Therefore, I am potentially a thought leader. Now, leadership also implies being out in front. That means original thought. That means saying things that other people are either thinking or too afraid to say or haven't thought yet to say. And so I absolutely love the... I love being being referring to myself as a thought leader. And part of it as well is, is as opposed to what? As opposed to a big thinker, that sounds weird, strategic thinker, I suppose, but it's not only about strategy. It's about creative thinker, disruptive thinker, innovative thinker, original thinker. So I love the phrase thought leader, thought leadership. Thought leadership seems to make a lot of sense. But when we actually talk about thought leaders, people say, whoa, 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 hang on a second. You know, I understand what thought leadership is, producing thought leadership. And for some reason, we seem to think maybe big companies can produce thought leadership. Look at the thought leadership coming out of McKinsey. Look at the thought leadership coming out of Deloitte. Look at the thought leadership coming out of the Harvard Business Review. But who's creating that thought leadership? Thought leaders are creating that thought leadership. So I'm a big believer in it. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, whatever it is in life, you just got to own it. You got to own it. You got to walk it. You got to talk it. You got to strut it. You got to walk the talk. You got to believe it with every fiber of your being. There's got to be conviction, confidence and conviction, right? Confidence and conviction. You need both. You need both. I just want to say um, uh, Purple Hearts and Asterope YT, you just joined our Discord, so I'm just saying hi to you as well. Confidence and conviction. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that are confident. There are a lot of people that are overconfident. Um, there are a lot of people um, who um, have no basis to be confident. Um, but one thing I've seen is that people that that actually believe it, that believe, sometimes they believe their own bullshit, sometimes they believe their own lies, but they get further because they have that conviction in their confidence. It's not just confident and conviction, it's conviction in their confidence as well. And you know what? We need to be confident. We need to believe in ourselves. Again, I'm not talking about hubris and arrogance and narcissism. I'm talking about actually being able to say, you know what? God damn it. I am smart. I am talented. I am beautiful. You know, I have a contribution. I have substance. I have something to add, something of note. Every single one of you in this room today, every single one of you in Discord, you should believe it every day. And and the thing is, every day of our lives, we're always being told that we are less than, that we are not worthy, that we aren't as good as even we think we are. That is, why, why? You know, look, you've as I said, if you talk a big game, you've got to be able to walk it. This is not about making promises and not keeping promises. This is absolutely about being able to create an intention, a manifestation uh, in the world, and then go make it happen. Step into that manifestation. Step into that intention. Step into your greatness. 
You have the ability. Each and every single one of us has the ability and has that ability. So one of the things that EOS does is they have this role called visionary. Who is the visionary in the company? And and you know, if I had to ask you, what would you what would you assume if you didn't know anything? What the role would be of a visionary? What do they do? What who is the visionary? Is the visionary someone who just joined the company two weeks ago, or is a visionary typically the owner of the company, the founder of the company, um, the big a big thinker, someone who thinks thought leadership, but thought leadership for their company? Actually, it's not just thought leadership; it's maybe thought doership. They're thinking big. They dreamed the company into existence. They dreamed for the company to grow. They dreamed big things, big dreams. They should continue to dream. In fact, anything that dissuades them or distracts them or dilutes them or takes them off course is going to create an impediment to growth, an impediment to competitive advantage. They need to be protected. They need to be shielded away from all the day-to-day, from the minutiae, from the stuff that's so important and critical, integral for the company, for the future of the company, but not for them. They need to be freed to be, liber- to be liberated, to be developing the kind of thought leadership that can pull the company into the future, right? Not push them into the future, but pull them into the future. That is the role of the visionary, not a visionary, but the visionary. Each one of you, by definition, if you are a sole proprietor, you are the visionary. You are the visionary of brand you. And if you're in a small business, you know, who is the visionary? There needs to be one or a growing business, or a medium business. Can't be 12 visionaries, too many chefs in the kitchen. You need one. You need one person whose job it is to be visionary, right? The visionary has to be visionary. Thinking about the world, and how the world is changing, and how your company, and how your brand, and how your value proposition fits into that world. In, in, in rare circumstances, how your company actually will shape that world. But the one thing that I want to say here is the visionary doesn't have to be Steve Jobs. And, and, maybe, that's, and maybe that's actually a shortcoming. Maybe that's a failing of us is that, is that we, don't, you know, we don't think that that word, uh, that we, we deserve that word, right? We don't think... That every, I mean, every single business should have one, should have one. I didn't say will have one, but theoretically, potentially should have that one. And also, just to be clear, that doesn't mean that there isn't a bit of visionary in each and every single one of us. Of course there is. Of course there is. That's like somebody saying to you, you know, that, that you're not creative, that you're all left brain, that it's just utter, utter rubbish. Every single one of us has the capability and the potential to be creative, to be innovative, to be original, to be disruptive. Every 
single one of us to step into that greatness, that imagination, that curiosity that we had as kids. We all had it. We all had it. But somehow, somewhere along the way, it got kind of beaten out of us or pushed down or suppressed or repressed or oppressed. I don't know. We stopped believing in our, in our creative power. But in a company where there is a visionary, I mean, that is a, that's not just a, hey, like, you know, what, what's going on in that crazy brain of yours? It's not a mad scientist. I'm a mad scientist. But it's someone, I mean, thinking is hard. Thinking is tough. Thinking is tough when people are coming to you expecting answers, expecting to be led into the future, into the promised land, dealing with all the twists and turns and turmoil and uncontrollables and challenges that the world has to offer, including but not limited to technology, automation, that disintermediates us as well. Last night, um, I, about once a month, I share, um, I participate in a, in a marketing podcast called The Beancast. And um, the lead subject in Beancast last night was about the fact that 25% of social media professionals apparently are leaving the profession. And, you know, I was reading the article and, I, and, and one of the things that I saw that got my attention was this, you know, you also might be interested in something, it was something to the equivalent of the rise of the creator economy. And I was like, well, this is what's happening. Creators are disintermediating the brands. Creators are disintermediating social media, even the platforms. And then you have, you know, disruptors or visionaries like literally like Elon Musk that actually starts to pay the creators directly. And when that happens, the creators are like, well, I don't need a handler. I don't need an agency busy curating or taking a cut, taking a percentage commission based on my thought leadership. I'm just going to take it all myself. So disintermediation is a huge part of this equation when we actually think about how there are constantly, we used to call them intermediaries, and then with the, the dawn of digital, we, used to, we started to call them infomediaries. Now it's more like fee-fi-fo intermediaries. Oh, I like that. Fee, how do you spell that? Fee-fi-fo intermediaries. intermediaries. Or um, as... I think Martin Sorrell called them frenemies. Are they friends? Are they enemies? Not really sure. So constantly we see the, the, the guardrails, the boundaries, the borders um, shifting in terms of how we go to market, in terms of how we build a business, in terms of how we build a brand. It isn't stable the the proving grounds, the the gaming, um, you know, the 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 gaming arena. You need a visionary to be thinking, to be setting aside time. So the thought that I had when I was, you know, kind of 
moving between this concept of thought leaders and thought leadership and and visionary is is this a title that should you know that you should keep to yourself or is it a title that you should you should be able to share you should put on your linkedin profile that was the question that i thought you know and 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 here is um and and here's the thing is i i got to tell you that we have enough self-proclaimed ninjas and gurus and life coaches quite frankly there are a lot of people that give themselves titles that don't necessarily deserve the titles there are a lot of people that give themselves titles because they're all kind of self-proclaimed or self-anointed and they don't have any track record and they don't have the basis to be able to to say you know what i earned this badge but in the case of where maybe you haven't earned it perhaps you may yet earn it you may be able to step into it i think a visionary title is an aspirational title it pushes us it challenges us it forces us to be bigger to be better to be bolder to to force ourselves to think in a way to be a thought leader there's there's a concept look you don't want forced theater for forced thought leadership but sometimes we need to force ourselves to think we need to you know we had this uh, we discussed this whole concept weeks ago maybe months ago in the collective cafe this idea of thinking hard where did that come from it came from the book that we were reading i dare you i loved the concept of thinking hard like not thinking superficially or thinking frivolously or just thinking carelessly or casually but thinking hard how many times have we said oh my head is my head is sore after you know talking to you or or uh, or listening to you or whatever i i have that effect on people love it your head should hurt because you really are working that brain pushing challenging forcing yourself to invent to reinvent to innovate to go places where no one has gone before where you haven't gone before where your company hasn't gone before maybe because people were too afraid or 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 too busy and that's the other aspect isn't it we're too busy to think how about that one too busy to think are you kidding me how is that possible we should never be too busy to think we always have time we just got to figure out where our thinking place is is it the shower is it that thomas edison falling asleep with a metal ball in your hand that we discussed the other day is it you know is it going for a run a jog find your thinking time your thinking place and then think and do your best to try and collect those thoughts so i like the idea of people putting visionary on their linkedin profiles i think you're throwing down the gauntlet 
you're basically saying, hey world, hey everybody, I'm here. This is what I do. And guess what? The world needs more of us. And I say us because I'm one of them. The world needs more of us. There are not enough. We say there are only a few handful. There's a handful of visionaries left. Steve Jobs has passed away. Who are they? There's, you know, uh, Richard Branson, we always say. Elon Musk, we always say. Depending on who you ask and when you ask. Maybe some people might say Bill Gates. Maybe some people might say Jeff Bezos. I probably would include Jeff, Jeff Bezos in that list. But that's not true. You don't have to be the founder or the head of a massive company to be a visionary. You could be running a company of two people. And one is the visionary and one is the integrator. In other words, one is more left brain, one is more right brain. That's okay. That's great. Division of labor, divide and conquer. Perfect. If anything, I think that, you know, when I came into this, when I started kind of um, experiencing and learning about this EOS methodology, I was like, well, I mean, surely everybody wants to be a visionary. That was my thought. My first thought was, this seems like, I don't know, like a trap because everyone's going to want to be a visionary. Well, like, who died and made you the visionary? But it doesn't work out that way because not everyone can be a visionary. And once you have that badge, you know, you have it. You wear it on your forehead. Now it's expected of you. Now, as it turns out, by the way, in 80% of cases within this EOS framework, the visionary happens to be the founder and the owner as well. It makes sense, right? You're definitely going to have big thinkers in the company, but for someone to actually be on top, and the visionary is on top, the integrator reports into the visionary. So it isn't, it isn't you know, that, that problem of two people vying for one seat. It's not as uh, pronounced as you might think. Look, but... What happens when you have, uh, let's say, two people, two founders, three founders? Maybe there's a little bit of a power struggle. But I think the way things work out is in a healthy company, you generally are going to find balance and equilibrium. You're gen- generally going to find that if you end up in a company or with a company of three visionary founders, you're going to end up, it's going to become untenable. You're going to end up with infighting. You're going to end up with the band breaking up. It's why you always want to, why they say even in relationships, opposites attract. You know, when I look back on my life, on my career, um, and and I look back at Crayon and I look back at Evolution, what I've needed and what I still need to this day is a counterbalance, a foil, I need someone who is so anti-visionary, anti-Joe. So when my head is up in the clouds, their feet 
are firmly anchored on the ground and we are tethered to one another so that I don't float, float, float too high into the sky, fly away, fly to the sun. And we all know what happened to Icarus. At the same time, we don't want to constantly be on the ground and bogged down in the mud, in the mire, in the quagmire, in the swamp, sometimes even in the quicksand. We need to be lifted up. We need to be elevated. We need to be liberated from the day to day. So I'd like to see more people say visionary on their LinkedIn profiles. I'd like to see it as a badge a badge of pride, a badge of honor that says, you know what, we may not be Steve Jobs, but we're still people that are crazy enough to think that we can change the world. We're still the rebels, the troublemakers, the misfits, the square pegs in round holes. We need armies of those, just like we need armies of square pegs that fit into square holes. Wait, can you have a square hole? Round pegs that fit into round holes. And I wonder, like I'm just looking down and I see see Mayer is there and Bez and Rhonda, Christopher Shadows. Who are you? Are you the the integrator or the visionary? Are you the person whose feet are anchored on the ground or is your head in the clouds? Which one are you? And are you maybe a little bit of both? Because you should be. I absolutely, I know many of you, I think you are as well. Do you, if you are the person whose feet are on the ground, do you ever resent the visionary? And if you are the visionary, do you ever resent the integrator or the person whose feet are on the ground? In some cases, it's very natural and normal. Oh, here comes Debbie Downer. They're going to tell me why I can't do this. They're going to give me all the reasons why this won't work and why it doesn't make sense and why I'm on a fool's errand and mission, etc., etc. Or on the flip side, here comes the crazy one. Going to completely hijack the meeting, take us off on a tangent, come up with their harebrained, lame, you know, ideas that are going to just completely distract us we need both and we need to just we need to be able to find the 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 spark the insight in each one of them and what i mean by that for example is every bad idea can be turned into a great idea if you just give it time if you give it room if you give it room to breathe energy to be able to start to breathe in and out and pulse and morph and change and pivot. Every single idea. There is no such thing as a bad idea ever. And on the flip side, the power of execution, the power of accountability, the power of discipline, it's insane. I remember, I remember so clearly, I remember... I'm looking at the comments, Shadows and Rhonda say definitely both. I knew it. Um, But I remember how the creatives that worked with me in the agency business, how they loved the data. You would never think it. 
You would never think that they would love, the more data, the better. Because the more you could tell them and help them paint a picture and explain to them what the guardrails look like and you know where they could go, where they couldn't go, where they might go, where they might even attempt to push the boundaries and break the rules and you know, etc. They loved it because they knew what they were dealing with. No one just wants to, you know, it's like going up to the comedian and saying, be funny, or going up to an artist going, paint. Well, what? You can't just, you know, vision on demand or thought leader or be a thought leader on demand. You need the muse. You need the inspiration. You need the, the, the parameters you need the variables to actually inform you, to brief you, to um, curate you, to give you some kind of benchmark or relative framework to then be able to do your thing. And I'll tell you one thing that I've always believed, always, is uh, let the professionals do what they do best. Like, Don't micromanage a creative person. Definitely don't micromanage a visionary. Let them do what they do best. But it, but it works, you know, both ways. Because if there's anything worse than a visionary being controlled, it's probably a visionary trying to control the rest of the company. It's insane. I know, I've been there, I've done that. You end up with frustration and you end up with impatience and you end up with aggravation. So there needs to be an intermediary to allow visionaries to do what they do best. These were my thoughts today on our Manifestation or Motivation Monday. I'd like to see more people come up with titles in their LinkedIn profiles but not just, you know, not just titles like that chat GPT can come up with. These are almost like why statements. These are almost like, um, you know, I've been working on mine as a teacher, facilitator, and coach. I help high aspiring entrepreneurs, business owners, and their leadership teams get unstuck, return to growth, and become forever changed. Well, that's a statement. That's a why statement. How do I want to? How do I want to be able to collapse or congeal or or compartmentalize? Well, I've always struggled with that. I don't know that there is one word to describe me. Maybe that word is visionary. Maybe visionary is even more exciting to me than thought leader. And the thing is, is that for me to call myself a visionary, even for people that are in the room today, you might be thinking, who the hell is this guy? Who died and made him a Steve Jobs wannabe or whatever? We, we have such a weird reaction to the word visionary. We should, be, we should go up and pat a visionary on the back and say, keep it up, buddy. We need more of you. What are you thinking about today? I think thought leadership is one of the roles that falls under the visionary. Your job is to think. Think freely. Think 
in an unencumbered manner. Think without all the, you know, the, the, the gremlins, the, the, the naysayers, the skeptics, the people that are, you know, that are out there to tell you all the reasons why it won't work as opposed to pushing you, challenging you, encouraging you, collaborating with you to tell you why it absolutely will work or, more importantly, how to make it work. See, that's a key point here as well, the how to make it work. I found myself lately saying this a lot to people. I've come as far as I can come or, or as like, like I know this in my life. I've been able to build to create vision and, and, and birth an idea, but I don't know how to grow it. I don't know how to take an idea or a small company of two or three people and turn it into 20 or 30 people or 300 people or 3,000 people. I need help. I need my partner in crime. Or as I'm learning now, you know, I need a system. I certainly need more discipline and accountability. All of the above. All of the above. I want you to go out there today and I want you to think about what title you might choose to give yourself. And then I want you to prepare yourself for the onslaught. I want you to prepare yourself for all the people that are, that, that are going to, you know, I mean, listen, there'll be people that will talk about you behind your back. Those are the worst. The people that will talk to you to your face, those are the best. Because now you can have a conversation. Are you prepared to come up with a title or, or a word or own that word that sets you apart? That creates some kind of uh, conversation starter. You know, mine was, funnily enough, I didn't even think about it coming into today's session. My title when I was when I founded Crayon, was Chief Interrupter. That title was given to me by my client at Coca-Cola, who, who later would become my client at AB InBev, and who later would end up writing Zero with me, Martin Alboda. He gave me the title. He said, you are, you are the Chief Interrupter. I was like, I love it. What does the Chief Interrupter do? Well, quite literally, you would think they interrupt a lot. There was also a little bit of an irony there because I'd written Life After the 30-Second Spot, you know, where the enemy was the interrupting 30-second spot, where I'd set my sight on, you know, the bad advertising, irrelevant, poorly targeted, you know, uninspiring, not creative, etc., I'll bring you up now, Chris, in a, in a couple minutes. Um, but he said, you're the chief interrupter because you interrupt the status quo. You interrupt kind of the flow. You're constantly thinking about different approaches, new approaches. You know, when we become too comfortable, you interrupt our thought patterns. How about that? A thought leader that, that interrupts thought leadership. Because, listen, when everyone's saying the same thing, 
It doesn't sound compelling now, does it? When everybody is is beating the same drum. That's why, and I've said this in previous sessions, that one of the ways, if you are thinking of, of you know, growing into thought leadership, one of the four techniques is to zig when other people are zagging, not just for the sake of it, although sometimes it works, but because you take on a slightly different perspective, a contrarian point of view. That is the hardest, by the way, because people will, you know, if you suddenly zig when others are zagging, you will get everyone's attention. And now you're in the spotlight, you're in the crosshairs. So that is the one I would say, do not try at home because suddenly everyone might be coming down on you like a ton of bricks and you need to be able to have some gravitas or some foundation or credibility or track record to defend yourself or at least to be able to you know, extend the conversation and maybe take it in a third direction, right? When you're zigging and when, when others are zigging, you zag, um, you, may, you may combine and through some kind of collaboration end up in a third place as well. So I'm ready. I'm ready for people to attack the title. I think when people start to attack the title, that's when you know you're in a good place. You got their attention. People are, you know, why, why would someone criticize a person who had the word visionary in their title? A corporate executive, no less. I don't know. You tell me. Jealousy? Insecurity? Maybe just because it seems so different. It seems lofty. It seems bold. But why not give them the benefit of the doubt? that they have, you know, those shoes, that they have the ability to step into those big shoes. And like I said before, we need more of those people. We need people that aren't afraid to step into those big shoes because they are big shoes. So, Chris, I know you raised your hand. Let me bring you up. And um, I will also, you know, one by one, if people do want to raise their hands... um, after our little Friday troll affair, I may just look and see if you have a bio or not. But, uh, Chris, what's on your mind? Yeah, I thought you brought up a lot of great points, man. I know, you know, my 30 years experience in corporate construction management, that's what being a leader is, is being a visionary and helping people think outside the box and and hold them accountable and give them the freedom to think for themselves, right? That's all what you do as a leader. And now, you know, with my career, which is very similar to yours as a life coach, that's still the same thing that I do on a personal basis. I've found that most of the clients that I work with, it's not that they don't know what they need to do. They need some help thinking outside the box. They need some help um, with confidence and commitment and consistency and just accountability and taking action. It's you know, I found that most people in the world know exactly what they need to do to change their situation. They just need somebody to help them think outside the box and figure out the right action steps to get it done. And I guess the question comes down to, you know, can we can we train ourselves? Can we be trained um, to be able to think like that freely? 
and also not rely on other people because, you know, that's the other thing as well. We shouldn't, um, I mean, there are two parts to what I'm saying today. One is everyone, every company should have one, um, whether it's someone who, who bears that title solely or whether it's the responsibility of one or even more people inside the company. Um, we may not just call it visionary, but certainly thought leadership and creativity, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, that should absolutely 1 billion percent always be democratized. Everyone should be able to think freely and creatively and innovatively um, on behalf of their departments and their BUs and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so on one hand, we need that. But on the other hand is the ability to encourage ourselves um, to – you know, to not be afraid of it. I mean, there's so many dynamics here, right? I mean, so the, so the thing is, you it's the teach a man or woman how to fish. So maybe, I guess what we're saying is, how do we teach an executive how to vision? <laughs> how do we do that? Yeah, I think for me, it's about, like you said, everything starts with with the love for yourself, right? And there are a lot of people that are very successful in all other areas in their life, except for confidence and self-esteem and, and anxiety and those types of things. So if you can teach a person how to truly love themselves and build the confidence to truly believe that they can do whatever they want to do, then that's where everything else starts. And, and I want to say, like, you know, to people that are listening, if you... If you are working in a company, if you're the founder of a company, if you're the founder of brand you, if you work for yourself, if you work for a company with just two people, remember what got you this far was your vision. Sure, there was hard work, right? What do they say? Genius is um, 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. Yes, but that 10% inspiration Let's not discount that, right? Maybe it's 15, maybe it's 5, but still, even at point 0.1 of point 0.1, that point 0.1 of point 0.1 represents a spark, the spark of life, the spark of energy, the spark of possibility, the spark of future, not just for yourself, but for your family and for other people's families as well. So what got you here was your vision, Maybe you just didn't call it that. Maybe you you downplayed it or you downgraded it or you minimized it or you marginalized it or maybe other people did that. But it's time to actually now put that on a pedestal actually and celebrate it. Celebrate the the genius that got you this far. And now if you want to figure out how to get to the next level, you're going to need more of that genius. You're going, to need, you're going to need to double down on that genius, on that vision, on that visionary thinking, on that spark. And that's why I love the idea, again, of, hey, stick it in your bio. Stick it on your, stick it on your LinkedIn because, you know what, every day of your life, you're going to have to live up to that. Nobody wakes up and lives up to, I don't know, I don't want to say nobody, but like there are people that mean like, you know, strategic thinker, AI specialist who wakes up every morning 
you know, just and celebrates being an AI. It's not Web3, you know, whatever, like anything. I don't care. Uh, CRM, SME. What the hell? You know, like you want to wake up every day and be able to step into your, you know, some, your becoming, something that is bigger than you, something, you know, that is leading you, whether it's a, a North Star, whether it's, you know, whether it's a guide, po- whatever, you know, that, that title, that word, look, maybe you're not, maybe you're, you're not ready to be able to put that on your LinkedIn profile, um, but call it an internal title then. That's okay. Maybe you don't put it on your business card. I would, because like chief interrupter, you can be sure that in the days that I used to go network and people would look at my, uh, my card, they go, chief interrupter, what's that? Well, you know what? I wasn't just some schmuck with a funny accent who happened to work for a company that no one had ever heard of before. So I like, I'm okay if it's an, I'm okay if it's even, you know, like I don't want to call it a gag title. It's not a gag title. It's the exact opposite of a gag title. But if you have to, you know, internally call yourself that, put it on your door or door frame or whatever, even make yourself your own cards. These are all the steps that we can take to separate ourselves from the status quo. We have to interrupt ourselves, quite frankly. We have to be the chief interrupter of ourselves. And we have to be the visionary for our company. And maybe in some cases, you know, the difference is, the difference is between myself and Steve, well, I don't want to say myself and Steve Jobs. Let's say between you and Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs was a visionary to the world. You may become a visionary to the world, but you're still a visionary. You're still a visionary within, within your niche or area of the world or area of expertise. That's fine. That's great. You don't need to be the visionary of the world. That's, that's a real tough title, <laughs> right? I mean, you know, it's just a different corporation, corporation of the world informally formally you know so just something to think about chris i think you were going to say something yeah i was just going to say the biggest thing i've learned in my own career and throughout my life you know i'm being 53 years old now is as i had to lose the ego and the pride and be willing to ask for help you know just because you're a leader and just because you have a title doesn't mean that you're on an island and you have to do it all on your own you have to be objective to other people's ideas and realize that you don't always know what's best. And when you can get to that point and you can truly start listening to other people and become teachable, that's when you become a great leader and a great visionary. I, I would, I would strongly agree with that statement. And um, asking for help is one of the most empowering things in the world. And, you know, to think of the visionary just sitting on their, you know, on the top of the mountain, isolated, separated, you know, unrelatable. That's not what a visionary is at all. It's not a visionary at all. In fact, the, the visionary's role and goal is to inspire everyone around them. You know, and in a corporate setting, going back to EOS as well, that visionary is, you know, they are the relationship people. They are the people that are attracting um, talent. They are the people that are motivating talent. Those are the people that are winning new business. Those are the people that are, um, you know, creating loyalty and 
and uh, and building relationship within a base of customers. So it's not an isolated role. And and you know what? Sometimes it can the the pressure can get to, the pressure can get to everyone. But asking for help and being able to be part of something. I think I think it's that point that I just want to emphasize. It's being part of something, not separated. And I think that's the thing. You know, they say it's tough at the top. Uh, it, it is tough at the top, but it doesn't have to be, right? It's tough at the top, but it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be lonely. You don't have to be isolated and separated. You absolutely can get off your high horse, your pedestal, <laughs> the top of the mountain, and come and hang out, you know, on the ground level. In fact, it might just inspire you. You might actually get more um, inspiration and ideas from when you are actually integrated into the company as opposed to separated from the company. And the same applies for community as well, and the same applies for government as well, and the same applies within companies is that, you know, it's anybody that feels or thinks that this is a lonely job. It isn't. It's just that every job, I mean, if you think about it, every job is lonely if you're the only one doing it, right? But that's also called specialization. You don't want, look, it's probably lonely being a CEO of a company. It's probably lonely being a CFO of a company. It's probably lonely being chief people officer of a company. Everyone's sitting at the top of their mountains, right, or their departments, and some mountains are bigger than others, and and there's always someone on the top as well. But the ability for us to join forces and collaborate and share stories, war stories, you know, wins, losses, successes, failures, that's kind of what the Collective Cafe is meant to be. The fact that we're here every single day. And so for those of you that are here new for the first time, just please remember we are here Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Our home is in Discord, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. Today, Praxim and Jens are hanging out in Discord. Most people are still in, in Clubhouse. I must say, like when it comes to audio, Clubhouse still has the best interface, even though it's been, you know, probably many people... I, I don't even know about the people that found this room for the first time. But if you want to make sure that tomorrow, if you're looking for it again or in the future, um, please go ahead and uh, and use that link, discord.gg forward slash alpha collective. Every day we're getting two or three people that are joining our Discord. Um, it doesn't mean, you know, the only time the only time there's a clear advantage is that if I'm traveling or away, like if I'm on the road, um, I might just open it up in Discord rather and just have and just check in with everyone as well. So it's going to be very few and far between when we don't open up in Clubhouse um, as well. But like, for example, I'll be like traveling soon. And when I do um, with different time zones, uh, it, it may be easier for me just to focus on Discord as opposed to Clubhouse. Uh, but Chris, thank you for sharing your thoughts with me today. And I love it. I mean, you know, this idea of, you know, from a from a, a leadership standpoint, like we talk about thought leaders, um, you know, sometimes I, I guess my final thought today is we focus too much on the thought part and not enough on the leader part. 
Um, and, you know, as I said, leadership um, does imply being out in front alone, uh, but doesn't, doesn't have to be lonely. And so that's, that's kind of my takeaway. Alone doesn't have to mean lonely. Alone means this is your job, right? This is your role. Um, and it's like being a parent, right? It's tough. Um, Rhonda said it's harder to hear on Discord for, for me, so I'll come here. Of course, very happy for you to be wherever you need to be, Rhonda. Um, you are one of our regulars. Rhonda found um, this Discord, I mean, this Clubhouse room just completely by accident, randomly just being in Clubhouse, and uh, and now she won't go away, and we don't want it to go away. We want her to stay forever. Um, so I'm going to cut it short by a few minutes today because I have a 9 a.m., uh, I'm going to go back and try and synthesize through this. I think there was a lot of really um, interesting meat for me to digest and and, and sink my teeth um, into. Um, but you know, I was I know I got a little distracted before. Um, people are going to always label you, whether you like it or not. Um, people are always going to judge you, whether you like it or not. Instead of always being uh, waiting for them to make the first move. Why don't you make the first move? Why don't you put your stake in the ground? Why don't you define the conversation as opposed to them defining the conversation of you and for you? And it may not be a name or a title or something in a LinkedIn profile. Um, It could be an avatar. It could be your creator name. For me, I go by, you know, Jaffe. A lot of people call me Jaffe. People call my kids Jaffe too. Jaffe Juice. Joseph Jaffe. I like it. Differentiates me. It's better than saying Joseph. And I'm not a JJ. I never was, right? So Jaffe. And I'm playing at the moment with my Ken doll coming out of Barbie, but maybe I'll change that soon as well. I'm not afraid for people to, to judge me or to label me. I would prefer them to always do it to my face. Um, as opposed to behind my back. I don't necessarily subscribe to the, I'd rather they spoke about me than not at all, because I'm not out to be controversial. I'm not out to be a part of other people's conversations. I'd rather they spoke about me to my face. And in fact, if they're not going to speak to me, uh, speak to me to my face, I'd rather they didn't talk to me uh, about me at all. That's how I feel. I hope you feel the same way. Uh, just a few little shout-outs. Uh, Alex, who was in first position today. I always like to see who got in first and who stayed in first. Danny and Tiffany, Joel, um, Ashraf, Pauline, Antonio. I don't know how many of you were here from the beginning, but I appreciate all of you. Jossie and Nita and Chanel. Um, hope you enjoyed today. Hope you leave today with motivation to crush your Monday the rest of your week We will be back tomorrow, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in the Collective Cafe. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.